Welcome back to the Trust Your Gut Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Devitt, and with me today is one of my favorite co-hosts on planet Earth, Luke Beer. How are we doing, dude? What's going on, brother? Uh, good to be back in mainland USA. Uh, we're doing some uh, overseas scouting for the Hawaii Bowl for Middle Tennessee and San Diego State. Boy, it's looking pretty scary out there, but you know, got some Aloha vibes. We got about 50 million Mai Tais now, and we're, uh, we're back and ready to rumble for some good holiday games. I feel like the amount of Mai Tais you have consumed over the past week may have violated NCAA scouting rules, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. But you know what? Um, I don't fall under that jurisdiction. I'm under the TYG jurisdiction. And uh, you mm-hmm. know what? I believe that's in our bylaws. So if the NCAA wants to come after me, uh, fine. I'm just here so I don't get fined. So it doesn't really matter. Well, in that case, then it's totally okay. Scouting with Mai Tais is encouraged. Hell yeah. Makes uh, it a little more enjoyable. Absolutely. I mean, I, I don't I can't remember a last Hawaii can make game me see that I things without a Mai Tai. It made me see things that others others won't see. The mm-hmm. Mai Tai speak to me. True. Well, uh you look tan, you look good, and you're uh, it sounds like you're ready to go. Hell yeah. Alright, well this week, uh we're gonna do a little bit of review of uh, of what happened in the NFL over the weekend and uh how our two parlays that we had for our squad ride play, uh, played out. Um, kind of tragic on both ends, but you know what? I feel like uh, we'll bounce back because these kind of uh, plays always lead to something good. So you know, there's ho- there's light at the end of the tunnel. Um, we got some. We have a very interesting Thursday night matchup this week in New York with uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars and the New York Jets. That we'll touch on uh, and what we like uh, in that game. Uh, and we'll be talking some NBA action since it's now December, late December. Uh, we're getting right into that that swing of NBA basketball, where it's now real basketball, uh, where like this is now starting to count. Um, guys have some mileage on their legs, and we're starting to see who's good and who's not, like and who's for real. So, Absolutely. And with that, us knowing who's for real and who's not, we'll be uh we'll talk a little bit about some MVP uh, voting in uh in the NBA and we'll wrap things up with uh Luke Beers college corner. Hell yeah. All right. I'm ready to dive in if you are, sir. Dive in head first. We got a lot to cover from the chaos of the NFL in last week. Boy, was there a lot of chaos. It was a crazy week. Yeah, our uh Thursday night uh play last week ended tough. Um McCaffrey did not come through for the boys um i i, I mean I was, diners put on a show but that, that one hurt i was very disappointed that our play did not hit on that game because we hit the nail on the head so well on that game like we we kind of absolutely we had that game down pat we uh i felt like the christian mccaffrey call was great um and we kind of expected exactly what we got out of out of the game it's just christian mccaffrey was one catch for nine yards away from cashing. Um, San Francisco was dominant. They looked great. Uh, and they're, they're still a force in the NFC. And I'd be, I'm the most scared for them, to be honest, coming out of the NFC. Not a lot of teams sure. scare me like San Francisco does, to be honest. Yeah, they're just like, I mean, we already knew it was going to be a tough game going in um, to Seattle last week. Right. And, I know we were also hesitant just because of, you know, with Brock Purdy and the mm-hmm. Seahawks. Seahawks are on a skid. I mean, they started well, um, but they have not played well the last few games, and they are currently out of the playoffs and not looking good to make it back into that running. Um, yeah, I so it's like, just feel like people are starting to weird. ride back on Geno, not going to lie. Which kind of sucks because I still think he's a great quarterback. It's just, you know, they're in a tough spot. They've had they dropped a couple games, and – I still think Gino is a competent, good quarterback. It's just, you know, now you got to see he is, he can be that guy, but you need someone to be that guy through the season. Cause right now is you got three games left in regular season. Um, this is do or die time. And if your guy can't come through for you after 14, 15 weeks of football, then he's not your guy. Right. I'm not ready to flip on Gino. I, I liked it. I liked him all this year. I think he's, he still has it in them, and I think that they're good. Absolutely. They're still they're a yeah. very competent team. Um, they just they really need some run defense, man. Christian McCaffrey and that Could not San be Francisco stopped. line. Holy cow! They destroyed them in the trenches, dude. 
It wasn't even close. It was bad. Bro. It was bad. San Francisco was getting a lot of push. And McCaffrey, by the way, huge snub from the Pro Bowl. Bro, uh, he looked great. Uh, and I Wait, McCaffrey didn't make the Pro Bowl? He did not make the Pro Bowl, and neither did Austin Eckler. Those were the two that were left out of the Pro Bowl this year that everyone's kind of chirping about, like, how the hell didn't that happen? Um, I don't see I haven't how... seen the rosters yet. That's insane. Yeah, they, they, got, uh, they got announced today. Uh, Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler both aren't on the Pro Bowl roster, and I feel like that's a crime on both ends. Um, Damn. He looks, he looks great. He's had a great year in San Francisco, and, I mean, he was carrying Carolina when he was there too. The only time that he wasn't great was when he was learning the Shanahan offense uh, for two weeks, and he's been awesome ever since. Um, I don't know. I think Seattle right now is the scare. I'm not Seattle. I think San Francisco right now is the scariest team. Uh, in the NFC, and I expect them to make quite the deep run in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, the San Francisco is just so volatile. I mean, I agree in that they're the scariest coming end out of the NFC this season. I mean, it's just they're. It seems like they're so hit or miss, but you also never know they can perform at such a high level in so many different aspects of the game. You don't know what you're going to get at every matchup. They always Dude. bring something new out of the gate and they can kick ass with it every time. Shanahan's a God. Yeah. Their defense is generational. And then Shanahan's calling the plays on offense. I, I, I would be terrified going against San Francisco that Fred Warner and those guys on defense. Who they put on a clinic. They, uh, I mean, again, Gino, very competent. He did not have a good game. Uh, the, and it's hard, and it's really hard, as it's been proven, to have a good game against San Francisco. Uh, I I think that they are going to have quite the run. They're going. I I would be. They're they're not a sleeper, but I would deem them to be a sleeper team uh, to make sure. the run to the play uh, to the Super Bowl because of how stacked the, N- uh, the NFC is right now. Um, I like them a lot. I really do. Um, aside from the Thursday night matchup. We also had some madness occur. A lot of it to do with my favorite team in the NFL. Go Raiders, baby. Go Raiders. Oh uh, yeah. Um, even before we get to the, the, the sweet Raiders pulling a win out of their ass and a lateral that only just one, baby. you could see in, in Madden. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, do you want to take a time to give your team a eulogy or, or what? My sweet boys from the Crossroads State, the Hoosier State, they were up 33-0, and I was cruising around the north shore of Oahu, Hawaii, and I looked at my phone, checked the score, I'm like, hey, this is horrifying. I feel like they could blow this lead, and even though this would be the biggest comeback in NFL history. I lose service and go hike to a waterfall. I'm staring at the majestic waters thinking, I'm terrified of what I'm going to find when I come back to the modern world. I come back, I drive to the beach, I look at my phone, and I get the notification that the Vikings have pulled off the largest comeback in NFL history. (laughs) And as I'm staring at the waters of the Pacific Ocean, I think, it is taking every ounce of restraint within me not to dive headfirst into the six-foot water the six inches of water even, and just float away into nothingness. Because I could not, it is so Indianapolis for them to be part of the third largest comeback, them being the executors of a third, the third largest, now third largest comeback in NFL history, and now on the receiving end of the largest comeback in NFL history. I mean, Nick Foles is now our starting quarterback for the rest of the season. The carousel continues. The mayhem continues. Indianapolis is on fire. The Colts are dead. Even though there I, there was one graphic I saw today that really put a smile on my face. There is one path. The Colts are not still eliminated from the playoffs. They have, they have a route. And their route currently to get in, they have to win out, mm-hmm. which will not happen. Uh, absolutely. The Jaguars have to drop their next two games against the Jets and the Texans. And then beat Tennessee in their final game. And then Tennessee has to lose out. That could happen. Which, it's possible. How it's 
there's yeah, it's big graphic how the four nine and one Colts can still make the playoffs. They can make the playoffs at seven nine and one, and they would yeah. go in there and get boat raced. They'd get their butts violated. It would be disgusting. It would be horrific, and I don't need any more pain. I was walking around in a Colts Hawaiian t-shirt looking like the biggest jackass on the planet after that comeback. I felt so foolish. The Colts are dead. I will not be mentioning them, even though that's not true, because we're playing in Monday Night Football this week for some godforsaken reason. And, yeah, Colts are dead. That's my eulogy. May they rest in peace. May Jeff Saturday um, hopefully find happiness to the team elsewhere because I can't keep doing this anymore. You can go back football. to coaching losing uh, high school football. Yeah, or you can go back to being an analyst for like FanDuel Plus or some bullshit sports broadcasting thing. I don't know. I just I can't do it. He was he was a great I'm analyst done. at ESPN. I, I'm, I'm kind of he mad. really was. I'm kind of mad that he left. To be honest. He was, but you know, like I said, end of the day, and that, hey, but shout out to Quentin Nelson. He's now made the Pro Bowl in his first five years in the NFL. Only Colt to ever do that, and he was the only Colt to make the Pro Bowl this year. So shout out my big boy down in the trenches. Um, but that is all for the sweet Indianapolis Colts. May God have mercy on their souls. Yeah, that was bad. Um, that hurt. You said you said it perfect. Um, I, I have no other thing to comment on it except for the Vikings are still fraudulent. I don't care that they came back down from 33, nothing. You did it against Matt Dude, Ryan. Dude, they really are. They did it against Matt Ryan. And, uh, I mean, Matt Ryan got outscored 28 to three in the second half, ironically enough. Same shit. Another team, man. So, I mean, he can't he, dread it, run from it. Matt Ryan will be choking forever he's a great i I love him Uh, i hope he has as much success as possible moving forward in his life but ever since that super bowl it's just been really tough for that man and i kind of feel bad for him i really do i'm glad people aren't as hard on him it's literally elder abuse they could be yep i wish nothing but happiness for that man but nothing to do with my team i can't do it anymore the pride of boston college Damn it! Alrighty. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna gloat a little bit because, uh, man, does it feel good for the Raiders to actually be on the right side of some bullshit. Unfucking believable. Oh, it's so nice, man. It was so incredible. I was watching that game. Yeah, I bet, dude. I was watching that game um, at work, and I was just wallowing because I was like, it's the same old Raiders. It's the same thing that's happened every single time this week. Have Can't score in the third and fourth quarter, which continues to be a, a very big coaching issue. Um, I don't know what McDaniels is doing during halftime, but he's got to make some kind of adjustment, and it's just not happening. They can't score in the third or fourth quarter. They just wait till overtime if that happens. Um, but, wow. Uh, I have not seen a Bill Belichick-led team make a mistake like that other than the Gronkowski being at safety against Miami in a game that didn't matter at all. That's the only other time that I can think that that well coached of an organization make a mistake like that. And whoo man, uh, the Raiders are still alive. Barely. Um, Me and uh, me and you ironically are rooting for, for teams that have very, very slim, narrow margins. Uh, to make the playoffs. Uh, I mean, if the Raiders actually had won yep. that game, if they had won that game against the Rams, they'd be sitting okay. They'd be fine. But geez, they just screwed it up against Baker, and now I'm now I'm praying to see what happens. I mean, I I I don't know. If those assholes could, if those assholes could figure out a whole big leads, they'd be in a great spot right now. I know. Uh, if they had a little bit of that Vikings in them, but they just don't. It's 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 bad. At least they're not frauds. They're showing who they are mm-hmm. at Minnesota. Um, a game uh, that was enough gloating for me personally. Um, a game I wanted to slightly touch on. Well deserved. Well Thank deserved. You. I I loved my gloating. Um, game I wanted to slightly touch on was uh the fun game with Detroit and, and the Jets. Hell of a game. Very good game. Hell of a game. The Detroit Lions uh continue to be the most fun team in the NFL. 
I love them. I love Dan Campbell, and I love those boys. MCDC's got him bopping in Detroit. Love it. I I love that. Love team. that dude. Oh, DeAndre Swift is actually like running through holes instead of trying to bounce around and dance around in the backfield now. About damn time, dude. He was driving me nuts. Absolutely, uh, dude. It, it was tough, but I mean he's he's playing much better. Jamal Williams is still a great goal line back. Uh, Jared Goff is kind of balling, to be honest. Um, he's playing well. And they they fought out a really tough win against a Zach Wilson-led Jets team. Um, mm-hmm. Not an easy thing to do. Getting uh, Scoring 20 points against that, that Jets defense is pretty impressive, if I uh, to say the least. They're, they're legit. Um, the Jets are good in spite of their quarterback. Um, unless it's Mike White, but that poor man just looking for doctors out there to clear him and his rib injury. Um, football guy. Football man. Um, I, I'm just I'm just in awe of the the Detroit Lions just resurrecting themselves from one and six to now seven and seven and fighting their way to make a playoff berth. I want them. I want them in the playoffs so bad. They deserve it. It'd be so awesome. They they deserve it more than any, anyone. That'd be the best Christmas present you can give the city of Detroit. Yeah, I mean, I don't even really care. Like, we already know who the top teams are. We want the bottom teams to come in and raise some hell. Like, and Detroit's a perfectly poised team to do that. They're hot right now. Mm-hmm. They're playing great. They're fun to watch. Like, oh, pretty much all the things you said. I'm just pretty much echoing. It's like, these guys are good. They're playing good ball right now. Mm-hmm. And we would love to see these dudes make a push in the playoffs and potentially knock out some big teams and just make a little run. Cause a little, cause a little hell in the association in the league. Why not? I just I just wanted to give them their spotlight because it was due. Um, Amon Ra has been amazing. Swift has been great. Uh, their line's been playing really well. Um, the only guy that uh, hasn't been getting enough praise in the media, in my opinion, is Jared Goff because he's he's a a really really big reason of how they were able to come back to a 500 record. I mean, he's been he's been balling. He's been as good as you can hope Jared Goff to be. Um. He is officially the new Alex Smith of the NFL, in my opinion. Uh, I just love him, and there's just no reason not to root for him. He's a good guy. Um, throws a, one of the most beautiful balls in the NFL, um, and he's been able to distribute the ball well between um, Amon Ra and the run game. I mean, they've been great. I'm rooting for the Detroit Lions heavily moving forward. Absolutely, and I know uh, a lot of people were heavy on shitting on golf for a while. Um He's really good at home, but he's been struggling away uh, this season. I know before, I think this weekend, he was like two of his 21 pass touchdowns have been on the road mm-hmm. leading into last week. Um, I mean, you know, he's he's making improvements and, you know, playing on the road's tough in any environment. But, I mean, we saw the Lions get shut out against uh, the Patriots a month or two ago. Um but it's nice to see they're finally coming in their own, finally finding a way to, you know, make things work. And Goff's finally getting that his awesome home abilities out on the road. And yeah, I mean, dude needs to, dude deserves his flowers. He's earned them. He needs, um, or roses, whatever the hell the saying is. Right. It's, he's, he's earned where he, the, the praise that he's getting. And it's nice to finally see him getting his. Yeah. He's got, uh, definitely deserves his flowers. Um, and I feel like it's going to be kind of a statement game for the Detroit Lions, you know, finally breaking that 500 barrier this week, I think playing Carolina on the road. So I think Goff does it again on the road personally. And I think that they get a nice W to be looking at the playoff push in these last two weeks of three weeks, including this week of the NFL. Yeah. I'm really hoping they went out and just raised some hell in the rankings and Let's see where MCDC gets these boys. Right. Um, on the flip side, we have kind of a team barely skirting by the New York Jets. Uh, I feel like this is a good segue into our Thursday night matchup uh, with the Jets at home versus the Jaguars. They're barely getting by with Zach Wilson, man. It's, 
I mean, it's I feel so bad for Mike White. He was going there doing great things, and as a Garrett Wilson fantasy owner, Garrett Wilson was finally getting the production he's capable of because Zach or Mike White was giving him the, the targets and looks that helped them produce. And Zach Wilson's caused so much off the field chaos and turmoil for this team in that in that locker room. It's just it's it's a ticking time bomb waiting to happen. Yeah, and I'm I'm, almost... I'm nervous to see when this yeah. falls apart. I'm starting to feel bad for Zach Wilson. Like, honestly, I think that people are laying it on a little bit too thick. I mean, ESPN's own Booger McFarland is calling Zach Wilson a privileged white kid who grew up from money, um, who doesn't know how to deal with adversity. Like, he said that on national television. I was like, all right, hold it way, way, way back. Is he an overrated quarterback? Sure. But people are laying it on way too thick on him, and I'm starting to feel a little bit bad for him. It's kind of like how I felt with Russell Wilson—not uh, Russell Wilson too—and Russell Westbrook. Like those two oh, guys, well, yeah. people are starting to lay on a little bit too thick. I don't like those guys either. But yeah, he's up there still. People, um, the dude's decision making and and pocket presence is just really, really bad. Um, and has has not gotten better in the NFL. Uh, he relies a lot on the immaculate, and as Colin Cowherd would say, he can't make a layup. But I mean, he'll hit a half court shot here and there. But who? Sure. It's it's yeah. I mean, you can't yeah. wait on those miracle shots no. to hopefully get you where you need to be because those aren't going to hit eight times out of ten, mm-hmm. and you're going to be a shit spot with, you know, your thumb stuck up your ass and you're looking pretty stupid. It's the exact opposite of Brock Purdy. Z- yep. Zach Wilson is uh, is relying a lot on on the immaculate plays to Garrett Wilson and and Denzel Mims and and his incredible receiving core that he has. And Elijah Moore, sorry. Elijah Moore has been kind of a hit or miss spot, and then now. I mean, there's those also, three the are awesome. It, they're they're good. It's just now you have not only the issues with getting your primary weapons targets. Um, I mean, you have who's a, who's the tight end they got from Cincinnati? CJ Uzoma, right? Yeah, and he he's a good player. I've always thought he was a good player in Cincinnati. Great role player. And I was like, yeah, he's a great role player. And I was like, he's going to do good things in in new york he's going to do the small things that he needs them to do and he's going to fit a good role there that they need and they just won't utilize him and then i'm not even gonna get started about the running back situation because they're so inconsistent there and then james robinson's been hurt michael carter has been inconsistent and they're switching through two different rookie backs i mean it's just mike white was bringing a calm to the storm that Zach Wilson, I don't think is a mature enough of a football player yet to really handle at the pro level. Yep. Um, it's just they're in a bad court. I mean, you could, I think you could put Joe Flacco in there, and he might do, he might run the shit better. I mean, he's damn well not going to throw the ball better than Zach Wilson, which is saying something at least at this stage in his career. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just. I I, I kind of get why Mike White is going to all these doctors trying to get somebody to be like, hey, I want to, you're good to go because he wants to get back in there. He knows that he's running this team better than Zach Wilson ever did, and he knows that that's what this team needs to be successful. They're trying to make a playoff push, and Zach Wilson is not going to be that guy. Yeah, they're Mike White deservedly has earned the keys to the franchise. I, I would I would let I would let it ride with with Mike White a hundred percent. Um, the, yep. the guys love them. The the locker room loves them, and that's kind of all they need right now. Uh, they're a very very talented roster, uh, with a great defense and a bunch of playmakers on offense that just needs a guy to be able to maneuver quickly within a pocket, not ad lib and uh, and spin around in the backfield, uh, and get the ball to Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson and Denzel Mims like consistently, like at a 65 to 70 percent completion percentage that's all that's all they really need they need a brock they don't need much they need a brock purdy type they need mike white 
Uh, I, I, he's, he's just always trying to do too much and it's just not, it's just not what the Jets need. And with the Zach Wilson led team, I don't think they win tomorrow because of how hot the Jags have been. Yeah, I, uh, Zach Wilson's trying to be the hero every time. And now I think this is going to be more prevalent than ever now that he's been sitting at a backup spot and he's trying to fight back to get, like you said, get the keys from Mike White. Mm -hmm. This dude's going to have to pull off a kick-ass, like, ass-beating tomorrow for that to even be considered, which I don't see happening. Um, Jacksonville's coming off a big win against Dallas on a short week. Um, And Trevor Lawrence is playing good ball right now. He's throwing the rock. He's he's looking decent, and he's Trevor Lawrence over the last four weeks has been arguably the arguably been the best quarterback in the NFL. He's been playing lights out. QBR Even with Jaguars defense not being great, he's been playing awesome. Yeah, Trevor mm-hmm. Lawrence has been really good the last few weeks. It's and I I'd be surprised for that to change tomorrow. Even with a. a a good Jets defense. Um, I would be surprised. Yeah, I I would be very surprised if the Jags don't uh, sneak out a W here. Um, right now, since they're on the road, the line is at one and a half. Uh, for uh, Jets favored by one and a half. Um, I like the, I like Jags with the points. Um, it just feels nice. Uh, I love the high. I would go so far as to Jags money line. <laughs> so so far, those two points. Yep. I mean, I mean, it's yeah. If they're gonna if they're gonna cover that one and a half, I think they're gonna win outright. Um, I do too. And from just our just from our discussion, I think. I mean, I wasn't really sure where to go with this game, but I think I've talked myself into leaning with the Jaguars here, especially since I need them to win if somehow the Colts are going to pull off a playoff spot, so which I doubt will happen, but it's a start, step in the right direction. Wouldn't you need the Jets to win this game? Since Did I say that? The, since your path is to win the division, won't, don't you need the Jags to lose? Damn it, I read it wrong. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh, well, you know what? I, I really don't want I don't want the Colts to be in the playoffs. I don't think anybody in the NFL wants them to be remotely near it. So, you know, what? let's Jags money line tomorrow. That's my official Lucius play for the NFL. I like it before we do the squad red. Right. I, I like it. I, I think that's, I think that's a smart bet. Uh, right now, 47%, at least from my source, 47% of uh, money is on Jacksonville plus one and a half on the road. I like it. I think it, it's fine. Um, Jacksonville sitting at six and eight right now, uh, really making a push to win their division. Uh, Titans look weak. Colts are obviously on the struggle bus. Uh, yeah. I th- I think Jacksonville uh, can make a serious push to win their division. Uh, they're six seven one against the spread, not awful, uh, and have been really hot these last four weeks. Um, Jets sitting at seven and seven, kind of just on the opposite end of it. Uh, don't look great. Tough loss against uh, Detroit. Uh, they're eight and six against the spread. A lot of that doing with the, uh, the beginning of the year when they weren't, f- when they were favored by a lot. Um, when they were underdogs by a lot, but I, I, I think, yeah. I think I'm, I'm okay trailing Trevor Lawrence and Zay Jones in this, in this game. Like they've been really good. I believe in fantasy Zay Jones, the last four weeks has been like wide receiver four. like he's been nuts. <clears throat> sure. So I, I'm just really yeah, scared. Yeah, it has been. It's just... I'm just really scared because I know Sauce Gardner and and that Jets defense is uh is tough to to produce points against. Yeah, it is. Um, but I think I mean, arguably, Dallas has a similar defensive structure. They've got more uh stars on their defense. I don't know if they're more structurally structurally sound, but I think Dallas also has a solid defense and they were able to take advantage of them and pull out a good one even though it was at home. Mm-hmm. I just it will be tough nonetheless, but I think I think Jacksonville's got the tools, especially with Trevor Lawrence playing at such a high caliber like he has been. If he keeps that up, I think this is a no brainer. I agree. 
Um, any props that you like in this game? Um, off the top of my head, the only one I like might be Trevor Lawrence's yards. I'm okay with. Uh, with he's a I don't know two what the line's twelve and at. a half right now. Two twelve. That's not yeah. awful. Let's see. Over. Oh, he's hit that in four of his last five, and he's surpassed three hundred yards his last two games. Yeah, he's he's been playing really well. Um, I could see the Jets allowing him to to throw for what was it line two twenty. 212. 212? I could see Trevor Lawrence throwing for 220. I really yeah. could. Um I think that's I think that's a smart play. Cuz I I personally would pair I mean, yeah, I, receiver-wise all these are weird. I personally would pair that with a Zay Jones receiving prop. Um I like his line right now. It's at 45 and a half. Um dude's been balling. I don't know if Sauce would be guarding him or Christian Kirk. Um, I think it's really a toss up, but who goes off? Uh, yeah, tomorrow. I mean, last week Zay Jones had a hundred and nine receiving yards, and the week before that he had seventy seven. Against Detroit, he only had sixteen, but yeah. then against Baltimore, he had one hundred forty five. Like he's been, he's been producing a lot. Um, outside of that, uh, that Detroit game, he's gone over this mark of 45 and a half, um, against Kansas city, Baltimore, Tennessee, Dallas, all pretty good defenses. I don't think they're as good as the jets is against stopping the pass, but I, I think I like that line. I really do. Uh, maybe if we take an alternate line, don't make the same mistake as we did with McCaffrey last week. Take an alt line, bring him back down to earth, maybe around 40. Uh, but I think uh, pairing that Trevor Lawrence prop with Zay Jones would be smart. I think I like taking that down to 40. Great. Um, the last thing I wanted to talk about quickly with this was... Um, the over-under. I know we're kind of both expecting a barn burner here. But the over-under line is so low. It's at, it is it's very at low. 37 and a half. Oh, it's a, got that like, do you, low now. Uh, do you really, like, do you expect it to be oh, yeah. uh, 20 to 17? Like, I, I don't know. I feel like there's going to be more points than that score in this game. I wouldn't hate an overplay. It seems low, but... I wouldn't hate an overplay, is what I'm saying. I wouldn't hate it either. It's just, you know, the lows and prime, or the unders in primetime games have been smacking a lot lately, so it always makes me nervous. But, I, yeah, that seems seems short for, to me. I just know that uh, with those three legs together, especially with some alt lines, we don't... I don't think we would be above the plus 400 risk-free odds. So I wouldn't hate an overplay with those sure. two props and Jags money line. Do you know what uh, what odds that would put us at if we had Jacksonville money line, say Jones 40 receiving yards, uh, and Trevor Lawrence's line at 212? That gets us a four twenty four, just those three, or with the over. Yep, Zay Jones forty plus, Trevor Lawrence two twelve and a half, and Jacksonville money line is four twenty four. Also, you don't. I, I'm fine not to touch the over then. Just ride with those three. I am perfectly happy not touching that because, as we'll talk about with our my bowl game success later, I'm not good at picking totals. Alrighty, so I guess that's uh, that'll be our official. Uh, trust you get a uh, lay for tomorrow. Um, hopefully we don't have such immaculate losses like we did these last two weeks. 
I mean, these last two games that we've done. Yeah, honestly. So moving forward, I I I think we're right there. You know, it's going to pay out eventually. We're on on the cusp of greatness. I think we can. I think we can get there. Uh, We're most certainly do because we sure as hell ain't hot. So uh, we just uh, this is true. All all we're doing is trying to get better every day. If you're not hot, you're due. And we are certainly due. And damn it, I'm (laughs) cold. I'm very cold. Speaking of cold, I think we should move into some uh, little hoop talk. What do you think? Damn it. All right. Uh, Well, like I said earlier, we're officially around Christmas time. Uh, Weather's cold. Family a, a bunch. You know, got some people... Coming in, staying the night, you know, having some, uh, some good time uh, during the holidays. And that always means that NBA basketball is starting to heat up. We're at the peak of the season. And now this is when football's starting to wind down a bit. I'm actually starting to pay a little more attention to NBA and more so than I already was with college ball. So, you know, it's 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 good time, you know. Things are winding down and we're just getting mm-hmm. into the new year. The uh Teams that are legit are starting to take form. Uh, the East is looking very, very good in the NBA. Um, that Those top three teams in the East are, in my opinion, the three best teams in basketball right now. Um, I would take I would take the Celtics, Cleveland, and Milwaukee all over uh, Memphis right now, personally, as the best team in the NBA. Um, but with that, um, since it's starting to take form, um MVP odds yeah. are starting to to come out, starting to leak out a little bit. Uh and right now the leader in the clubhouse is Jason Tatum and Giannis both sitting at plus two seventy. Um I love Tatum. Mm-hmm. I think Tatum's playing really well. I think he would it, it makes a lot of sense for him being the odds on favorite in the NBA, uh to win the MVP. Um I think he's just really taking them over the top this year and he's playing at a, at an immaculate level. Um I don't really see them giving it to Giannis this year. Uh, personally, because I mean, he's kind of been playing at the same level. He's an MVP caliber player and he has been for five, six years. Like he's the best player in the NBA, but Mm -hmm. he hasn't uh, done anything that's so, uh, like berserk for, uh, for them to be awarded the MVP compared to the last few years. I mean, they gave it to Jokic over him the last two years, uh, and his numbers are very comparable. Uh, to what they were the last two years, so I don't see it. Uh, Tatum's taking a big leap. So, with that, um, I wanted to share who my five favorites right now for the NBA MVP would be, and we'll get into a little bit discussion of why I think that and where the state of the MVP okay. in basketball is at. All right, cool. Let's dive in. So, number one, I I do have Jason Tatum. I think uh, there's. He's very well deserving right now of him being the odds-on favorite for uh, for MVP. Um, if I were to pick an MVP of this uh, of basketball right now, it would be Jason Tatum, deservedly so. The Celtics are playing out of their mind, and he is leading that that now in their prime core in Boston uh, to a very high level of basketball and sharing the wealth and getting his own every single night. He's He's something else. He's playing at an unreal level, and I, I think it's deserve deserving of him winning an MVP this year. Personally, um, after that, I think there's a significant drop. Um, but I would put on the same level at number two and three, like kind of a coin flip, uh, for Donovan Mitchell, and John Morant at two. <coughs> uh, if you if you uh, wanted to have those two guys. Be your MVP. I wouldn't smirk at you one bit. Um, personally, my take on the NBA MVP award is that the most valuable player is someone who takes your team over the top. Jason Tatum this year is that guy who is taking them from a playoff caliber team to an absolute contender and bully in the East. They're really good. And the addition of Donovan Mitchell in Cleveland has done just that. They took them to a playoff team last year a very young a young promising core uh with garland and mobley and jared allen like very young and promising 
two, holy shit, they are they are either the two or one seed in the East, and they're ready to win a championship. Um, they're nuts. Um, I think Donovan Mitchell is playing at that play uh, at that MVP caliber right now, um, and has just taken their team and their success over the top. They're really good, and I love the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, and Jaw is doing the same. Uh, he's elevated uh, Memphis to the one seed right now. Um, I believe they're ten games over five hundred right now. They're they're nuts. They're playing really well. Um, and Memphis looks great, and all of that pretty much is attributed to John Morant's leadership um, and ability to take them over the top. They look awesome. Um, after that, I would have uh, another tier below, and then it would be I put right at four would be Luca because without Luca, the Dallas Mavericks may have two wins this year. They're they're not good without him at all. Um, he just elevates them incredibly to a playoff caliber team, just not contenders. Um, so I wouldn't give it over. Uh, I wouldn't give it to him over John Morant or Donovan Mitchell. Uh, and then below Luca, I have a Jokic slash Embiid uh, spot. Where I like it. That's just kind of how I feel. Uh, how I uh, how I think the top five right now should be and the odds. Um, I think the best value right now, if you're if you're a betting man, would uh, to take Jaw or Donovan. I believe they're both sitting at like plus three thousand. Uh, odds are nuts. Um, Tatum's probably going to get it though. So what? Their, their, what? their odds are crazy right now. They're really high. I believe Zion's up there too at like plus three thousand. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, Damn. they're really high. Uh, it kind of seems like it's kind of a two-man race right now between Giannis and uh, and Tatum. But, I mean, there's a whole lot of basketball left to be played. So, if you want a value bet, Jaw would probably be right. If you just kind of want a lock right now, it would probably be Tatum, in my opinion. Um, but with that top five, uh, it seemed like you kind of agreed with me. But I wanted to propose the question that we kind of discussed a little bit um, off pod is can someone win an MVP in in the NBA this year or or ever um, as a playing caliber roster? This obviously is mostly centered around Luca, but do you think Luca or Steph right yeah. now, uh, how the Warriors are sitting, could win an MVP sitting at around five hundred and like having to do a be in the playing bracket to make to be an MVP? Like I don't I don't see it personally. Um, I understand where you're coming from. My only argument against that would be in my head with the MVP conversation, it's yes, somebody who's, you know, and is an absolute necessity for their team, turns the team around, puts them where they need to be. And this team would not even be where they are without this player. Um, now in regards to like Luca and Steph, um, yeah, their teams aren't doing great. Um, but if you look at the win differential with those guys on the court versus not playing, I think that there could be an argument made where you'd say these guys are extremely valuable because they're on the cusp of being a playoff team or a play-in bracket team versus being eliminated from playoff contention by the end of January type deal, where it's like there could be a double digit win differential with those guys off the court. Um now saying if they barely miss the playoffs, maybe you can make an argument. If they're in the play in tournament, sure. I see I don't see why you couldn't make an argument. If you're at five hundred or below, no. Because that an MVP is not only just somebody who can perform and put up a great stat line. It's somebody who helps the players around them perform better, helps team performance in general um, and leads to successful um, to a successful team in general. Uh, so putting it on the cusp of that playoff era, yeah, maybe you can make an argument. It just depends on the player, depends on what kind of numbers they're putting up, what kind of influence and impacts they have on their team. And like, like I said, win differential, but if you're 500 or below, absolutely not. It just, it's, it's a fine line. Um, I think it's not, it's just, you know, 
it's you know might be looked at as a leper for saying that kind of shit with the MVP conversation. Um, but at the end of it, it's it's going to go to somebody who's got a playoff, um, a playoff contender, and it's it's going to be a team that has success throughout. And it's just going to be go to that one person who stands out, and I think yeah, Jason Tatum and. Donovan Mitchell and those guys are definitely up there in those conversations and deserve to be. I mean, Donovan Mitchell's turned around a Cavaliers franchise and made them a top five, currently number three, but a top five team in the East. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, yeah, I think there's definitely arguments to be made, but there's a lot of circumstances that are going to have to line up for that to be the case. Um, but I think for the sake of the argument, I think it's going to be more towards your side of it, which I'm. I don't know. It's not a bad thing at all. I think it's a great way to delegate who gets the MVP award. I think it's just there's definitely different circumstances to look at, but it has to line up in a very particular way for that to even be a conversation. I think. See, I I, I just don't get. I, I I don't agree with your way a way of thinking with that personally. I really don't. Um. I understand where you're coming from with Luca and Steph. Uh, both incredible, and I mean we saw what the Nets did. Uh, to a Stephless Warriors team tonight, they got they they were yeah down by forty at half, abysmal. They're real. They're not good without Steph. Uh, Nets put up ninety one. It was incredible. Awful performance by the Warriors. Um, and yep. if you want to make that argument with Steph, like oh that wouldn't be the case if Steph was playing, I understand. But then I raise you a Shil Gilgis Alexander. How how bad would would the Oklahoma City Thunder be without Shea? They'd be awful, but right now, barely scratching by. Yeah, uh, I believe they're slightly either they're at five hundred or right below five hundred. But Shea's not getting con- uh, like serious contention for MVP, and I don't think he really deserves it right now because the Thunder aren't performing at the level where an MVP led team would be. Um, sure, I don't either. I mean his uh, his odds on on FanDuel or or some other sports book, I don't even think are are close to uh to those like top three. Uh I I just I think that would be my rebuttal. Uh if you raise me Luca and Steph, I'm just I'm just in there's like Shay's putting up thirty a night, uh and very comparable numbers to like one of my favorite guys in the NBA right now, Donovan Mitchell. Like he is putting up very, very similar numbers to uh to him. But Cleveland has been Put over the top. Uh, why, why I actually see Donovan as a, as a contender for MVP, and I just don't see Shea as. I think Shea could win uh, most improved player this year, but I just don't see. I, I just sure. don't see the the MVP argument with a team that can be in the play in tournament having an MVP caliber player. I, I felt that. No, I yeah, agree. I think. Well, yeah, I think it's with uh, in regards to like Shy, for example, he's not in the MVP conversation. I think he's very important to his team specifically, but regarding most valuable player in the league, no, I don't think so. I understand, like I think, like I said, I think my stand, my viewpoint on it is mostly agrees with you. I think where I stand though is a very rare instance which we have not seen, and I don't see currently with anybody this year. Um, I think it could happen at some point. That just might be a biased opinion, but like, yeah, Shy is vital to his team, and Oklahoma Jeez. City would be so not even. They'd just be awful without him. But he's still not an MVP conversation. M M I P, definitely, he could definitely be in that conversation. It should be. Um, but yeah, he's definitely not an MVP MVP player in regards to the entire league. But I, yes. I, I see where you're coming from. Yet. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. He's definitely got the potential. It's just... It's tough playing in fucking yeah. Oklahoma, dude. It's a tough barn. Lou against Dort, though. He's oh, yeah. a baller, too. ASU Pride. Lou. Um, that's kind of all I had uh, with the state of the NBA. Uh, since it's getting a little more serious, I wanted to talk a little bit about MVP. Um, but... Uh, I haven't placed a whole lot of um, stuff with uh, with the NBA when my player combos that I love oh so dearly 
Uh, recently, I took a little bit of a break uh, trying to uh, gear myself up for the heavy and really fun Christmas Day slate that I look forward to every single year. Um, I'll probably oh, have sure. uh, two plays uh, for uh, Christmas Day. Uh, I normally like to pick the spread on all the games and do a little round robin with that. Uh, and then I'll probably have a player combo uh, parlay with that as well. Um, so look forward to that at 2YG Takes. Um, but I leave the floor to you, my friend, for Beer's College Corner. Um, for the College Corner, I'm kind of in the same boat. I uh, took a little break while I was out and about in the, the islands of the Pacific. Uh, did one last little play in Seattle. Um going into Oregon State last week before I did depart, and Seattle uh, did all right, and then lost by about 20. Uh, they just got absolutely railed in the second half, so that sucked. Uh, currently sitting at 56 and 38 in NCAA, which is about a 60% clip. Still not terrible, um, but, you know, still looking to improve. Um, I will say today uh, we had the biggest upset in college basketball over the past 30 years, uh, Eastern Illinois went to the Iowa Hawkeyes as a 31 and a half point underdog. Uh, they won outright by 12, um, which is huge for all of our small schools in America. So shout out to the boys out in Eastern Illinois. Um, our sweet Sun Devils for us finally got ranked top 25. And then those boys just lost by 37 to a always volatile San Francisco team. Um, so that sucks. They're going to get knocked out. Um, but looking at the other top rankings right now in the AP poll, our top five is Purdue, UConn, Houston, Kansas, and Arizona. Um, Purdue and can and UConn are undefeated. Uh, we also have Mississippi state who's undefeated down at 15, but UConn and, uh, Purdue are our two powerhouses. Uh, but two teams that I think, People still need to really look at uh, Houston, who's still sitting at three. Uh, they're number one on ESPN's uh, power basketball power index, uh, which I think is rightfully so. Their only loss right now is to Alabama, uh, which is a Alabama is a very good team. They've been blowing out everybody else. They uh, beat Virginia, uh, number two Virginia at the time last week in Virginia by eight, which is a very tough place to play, especially against number two team in the country. Uh, and they also had an impressive win against, well, McNeese University. They beat them by 40, as they should. Um, but Houston's sitting at three. They're just kind of, you know, sneaking around. They're not a top. They're not, obviously not one or two in the country, but definitely watch out for them to be, I'd say, easy Final Four come March, at least as of right now. Um, and another team to also look at um, is definitely Tennessee. Uh, they sit at number eight on the AP poll and the coaches' ranks. Um, they're doing pretty well. They beat number three, Kansas, at home by 14 a while back. They beat 13, Maryland. Uh, their only two losses are to number nine, Arizona, which is what they played a few days ago down here in Tucson, which is a great game. Lost that one on some tough missed shots. Uh, then they do have a bad early season loss to Colorado. Um but, you know, everybody has a fluke game. That's all right. Um, just the way things are. And that's the second game of the season. You could shake that one off. It's not a big deal. Um, but both those schools have a really tough um, schedule coming up. So Houston and Tennessee are definitely on my radar to see what's uh, going on with them. Gonzaga is, you know, not doing too much. Now there's Baylor. Kansas, I'm thinking, is kind of good, kind of not. Um, they've been really hit or miss this season. So, you know, it's it's still early on. We got, you know, only 12, 13 games in, and we still got a good amount to go. Um, but, you know, going to try and pick up the bowl game stuff going on here soon. Um, and, yeah, we just, you know, we're in the, we're in the thick of it. Uh, people are starting to figure out who's the threats and who aren't. Um, it's been interesting, and you know, Big Twi- Big Ten's always been a massive presence um, in top twenty-five, and continues to do so. So, you know, we'll see. But it's still about as consistent as where we have been. Um, and yeah, it's it's about where I expected it to be. But just keep looking out for 
sneaky Cougars out of Houston and then those Vols out there in Knoxville. Love it. Gotta, gotta have some love for Tennessee. Hey, those, those volunteers are always sneaky, man. They, they've got a good program out there no matter how you slice it. Their athletics are always going to be good. And I mean, being top 10 and number three on, or they're number two on the basketball power index. So, you know, don't, don't, don't sleep on those boys. They're going to be, they're going to make some hell here in March. I'm thinking. Love to hear it. I lo- I'm so excited for what, how, how you've been cooking up in the lab and what you're going to have prepared for March. So, so keep at it, my brother. March, I'm going to be for sure hitting every single game. Um, but I will say, uh, last episode, I did make a personal challenge to make a pick in every single college bowl game. And I t- talked about how my uh, NCAA record was 14, 16, and 2 going into bowl season. And, you know, it's not been my strongest suit out of all sports, but I was going to do it as a personal challenge. Uh, currently, I am 4 and 7 um, in bowl games. And I'm feeling really, really silly. I'm feeling really stupid with how these bowl games are got figuring out. Desired. But, you know, we've hit two in a row, so we're kind of on a little bit of a hot we go, streak. We're hot. Um, we got three more games. We got three more bowl games coming up for our next episode Friday night. Um, we got the Armed Forces Bowl with Air Force and Baylor. I'm going to be rocking with my Sweet Falcons one last time with them at three and a half. Um Louisiana's playing Houston. Uh, I forget the name of the bowl. It's something stupid, but it's in Shreveport, Louisiana. It's basically a home home game for those boys. Houston's a good ball game or a good ball club. Uh, but Louisiana's catch is seven and a half. Um, if you're giving more than a touchdown favorite right there, uh, give me Louisiana with basically a home field advantage. Uh, and then I'm gonna take Wake Forest money line against Missouri. Uh, I don't remember what that name is either, but Wake Forest is coming in off a great win. Um, to end their regular season. Missouri's been hot, um, but Wake Forest, it's somewhere in Orlando, I believe, the bowl game. Um, so, yeah, those are my three college bowl picks. Um, please, if you are a betting person, please, please, please take these with a grain of salt because I've been so bad at this. Um, but I'm hoping to maybe hit these three in a row, become seven and seven, and then get a little cocky on Friday and see what happens. Yeah, we stated it before. Bowl season giveth and bowl season taketh. Uh, be very... Right now it's taketh everything I have. Be very careful uh, on uh, this bowl season. Uh, once New Year's comes around, I feel like that's a little bit more safer to, to start sprinkling. Uh, but in these, uh, in these early ones, uh, it can be very risky. So... Hopefully, beer you you come around back to five hundred for uh, for the time for New Year's. Uh, but until then, I wish you the best of luck on your personal endeavor, and I will congratulate you once you break five hundred. I thank you. Yeah, I mean, hey, we're still yeah the New Year six is looking pretty hot. We still got a TCU's seven and a half point dogs against Michigan. If that line doesn't move too much more. Uh... Gonna have to run with our show's sacred horn frogs against those fuckers Go up frogs. in Ann Arbor. Go I frogs! Michigan's gonna stomp them, dude. I'm sorry, I really do. I sure as hell hope not. They might, but I, I'd love to see Michigan just you know jump out of the water and see, flop dead. But the thing is, I want to see Michigan Georgia so bad, you know. That would be yeah, and then Georgia's still sitting at six and a half against what? Ohio State. Might have to, might have to already make a call out there and take uh, the six and a half with the Bulldogs because that seems kind of atrocious with the way Ohio State got smacked against Michigan in that uh, final game. I agree. We'll we'll talk on that once it gets a little bit closer to New Year's. Um, until then, uh, I wish you the best of luck. Uh, if I don't see you for a recording again this week, Merry Christmas. I uh, wish Todd a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Yeah, man. Hey, uh, Merry Christmas to you and the fam. Hope Phil, I said what's up. Merry Christmas. Um, yeah, let's uh, have a good holiday. Hopefully uh, we can get back here uh, Friday and talk about the sweet Christmas Eve and Christmas Day NFL slate. And, uh, let's just... 
Okay. How about it? Let's do it. Why not? Alright, we'll see. Thanks, brother. Godspeed, bros.